Oh my god, I just like spilt beer all over myself. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna keep it recording one second. I'll be back. Alright. <laughs> Brendan is out of the room right now. So I'm gonna go in another tab here. Open me up some kind of wing hentai. Let's see if there's any specifically septum hentai. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Oh, are you back? <laughs> A little too much laughing, Mueller. Fools! Hello, and welcome to Alex Mueller's Funding Wincast, episode 22 The Fight for Independence. I'm your co host. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> 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 I heard you speeding it up on that fight for independence. Like you thought you could just you could just speed your way through it. You're like fight for independence. <laughs> As you could hear, that was my co-host Warren, and I'm your co-host Brendan. Well, it's good to uh, hear from you again, Brendan. Uh, this is this is me, Warren, <laughs> joining and joining in on this momentous occasion. We're back at it after oh, I can't believe it has been almost two months. How did that happen? Um, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I think, uh, I guess technically maybe it's been a month since the last episode got released. So that sounds about, maybe since the last time I, I was listening to it on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. So not quite that bad. We're, we're good. Not that bad. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, uh, the <laughs> what, uh, what is the title of this episode again? Because <laughs> I guarantee whatever it fight is. For the, fight for Independence. <laughs> Oh yeah, naturally, right? How could I forget? <laughs> it's not like so, I try to speed through that as quickly as possible. <laughs> to try to make it through without laughing. Right. Well, um, I, I, I was kind. Of, I guess I was trying to make more of a joke about how, like, uh, was there was there a fight for independence in this episode? <laughs> there was a lot of stuff happening. That's for sure. I don't know what it was, and I don't know if there was a fight for independence in there. There might have been. <laughs> yeah, I I did not think about that at all, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we we'll have to we we'll have to dig deep into that a little bit during our during oh. the next two hours. <laughs> we will. <laughs> um, oh man. Yeah, the fight for independence. It's not. It's certainly a title that differs from grief stricken Catra. When you hear that title, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, you know <laughs> what that episode. You know what you're in for for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this one's pretty generic title and uh yeah like full disclosure to the listeners i, I watched this probably like four times for the podcast just due to like various scheduling conflicts and stuff that have come up so i always kind of want a refresher and this last fourth time i actually ended up kind of giving up and just playing some overwatch <laughs> i tried i tried watching again before this recording but couldn't i couldn't make it <laughs> Look, now, let me just say to our listeners, you know, let he who is without guilt cast the first <laughs> stone and judge not lest he be judged. I don't want to hear any complaints about Brendan <laughs> giving up on his fourth watching of this episode. It happens to all of us. <laughs> I, I I, only did two watches myself and the second watch, it was, it did not help much. Perhaps not at all. <laughs> was it perhaps detrimental? <laughs> To it was perhaps extra <laughs> yeah this one this episode was just uh we, we've exchanged some texts we obviously we haven't talked about it we always like to save it for the cast so to speak <laughs> and uh so we haven't talked about it we have exchanged a couple texts like oh boy uh a lot of talking on this one interesting episode <laughs> uh there was some pretty uh, some pretty knowing texts that were exchanged uh, oh, okay. I, so I, yeah, I don't know what is what 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 is different about this episode. I don't know. I mean, it seems like it has a lot of the, it had a lot of the like elements of it that should have gotten us pretty excited. Um, one being two generations of septums. <laughs> <laughs> like if anything, <laughs> that I know. I, I almost feel bad. I almost feel like I should go watch it again now. Because like when I hear you say that, we loved Septum so much. And then 
if you had told us like a few episodes back, like that's like no spoilers, but there's an episode coming up with Septum's son and his father in the same episode. I feel like we would have been so pumped for this episode, like just so excited. And yet here it is. Yeah. It, I... it's, a, it's a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like a really, that's not a very specific complaint. Lots of Gun and Wing episodes have a lot of talking, but, um, and I guess a lot of talking that, uh, specifically is hard to really, for me anyway, even the second time, like a big part of it is this, I'll say, I'll go for, just go for it here. A big part of the episode seems to be some conflict between, um, Un, Un, and uh, Trey's and what their motivations are. Mm-hmm. But, and I know that's a big arc of the episode, but it was not really clear to me what the argument was <laughs> that, that they were having. <laughs> yeah. Is that, do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, totally. It's the kind of thing so that I think, to- like, like, if you analyze it really hard, like if you took a really hard analysis of it, I feel like you could like essentially boil it down to like a two sentence answer and they'd be like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. I guess. But like, yeah, just like at face value, it was just classic Gundam wing speak, but a lot of it. Um, And yeah, it it did have some, like there definitely were a decent amount of, uh, like threads that were wrapped up, I guess, between like Nico and kind of his like possibly right. end of his reign, <laughs> um, uh, as well as like right. obviously Zex coming back or sorry, Mo Yar. I guess, or actually, I guess I can call him Zex because I switch between two masks. My experience in battle has taught me to be cunning like that. He's a man of two masks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I feel like they're in also Wu Fei, um, at the end with a. Uh, chief engineer um so there oh, yeah definitely was maybe it's more of is more of just like a kind of filler episode just to kind of get people where they need to be for upcoming episodes which is maybe why it kind of felt laborious to watch <laughs> right and and i'm only just realizing now it had very little of the gun only because you mentioned wufei um, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Wu Fei is kind of thrown in there at the end, and I'm like, oh, wait, like, <laughs> literally, was... literally thrown in there. Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then I was like, wait a minute. There were his his screen time was probably just as much as Troa's, who was the only other Gundam pilot in this episode. Yeah, and I think like, all this... he did was wait, he argued with Nico a little bit, and then karate chopped some people, I guess, and yeah, kind of off screen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so that so that's another th- element of this episode we have to talk about. There's there's very little Gundam pilots in it. In order of priority, it's a Un, Zex, Zex. and Trey's episode. Um, and I think that's and I think that's actually um as we're talking through it, I'm kind of figuring it out that I th- if you're gonna get invested in the episode, seeing as it is an episode about these three characters and their conflicts or whatever. Uh, to be invest, be more invested in it, you'd have to understand each of their motives or what their stake is, and it was not very clear. So maybe that's why it sort of falls flat. That's my best guess at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like Zex's was kind of maybe a little bit more clear, if I remember correctly. But the whole kind of conflict between Lady Un and Trey's. Other than Lady Un supporting Tuvaroff with the mobile dolls and Trey's not liking mobile dolls, that was right. Really, that's really the only thing that. But what the heck was she clash? talking? That that clash I got like that made sense to me. She wanted she supports the use of the mobile dolls. Like you, what your soldiers won't have to die in battle because we're going to use this automated mobile suits now. And don't you like that, Trey's? And then she's upset that he doesn't like it but then there's this other stuff like oh you're turning your back on your destiny and your motives are different from roma fellers and you don't like the way the earth is going but it was not but i didn't it, 
yeah. what was his destiny? Like, what was I, it? Was not and, clear what the argument was. Yeah, no, exactly. And it definitely gets into. Um, I feel like it's it's always been there, but this was the most explicit that the show has really presented it in like the pretty problematic nature of Lady Un's like kind of like split personality, <laughs> pretty explicitly stated by Trey's of like. Meliardo, there's one other person who understands me. Her feelings toward me have caused her to have split personalities. Lady Un? Like, uh, have split personalities. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, Just... that's uh, <laughs> not great. <laughs> yeah, I guess kind of similar to, like, as we've discussed before with, like, Relina and, like, her unhealthy obsession with Hero. <laughs> it's kind right. of, like, a very similar uh, uh, presentation of, I guess... I guess we can't really even call her pacifist. I, do we call her pacifist un before or just nice un? Maybe nice just un. Like nice Spark. slash fairy un. Yeah, I think it's spark, sparkly. sparkly. Sparkly un. I think it's probably the most sparkly. accurate. <laughs> yeah, and then he says something like, "I, you know, he's like, I miss the old un. And it's like, well, you're the only one. <laughs> They're like, that's nasty un. It's a nasty woman. <laughs> uh that was kind of interesting <laughs> like she yeah what a dick but freaking trays is a dick um i've said it before and i stand by that un is at her at a clearly arguably like a pretty high point she she's leaning way more into the kinder gentler personality she's brought about like, like unification and peace in all of outer space uh, I guess she is still, she is still pro subjugation of the colonies by mobile dolls, but <laughs> right, right. But so she's she's uh, she's accomplishing Romafeller's objectives. So Dermail is happy with her, but at the same time, it's you know she's succeeded. She's but like uh, Trey's is like I miss the old un, which is the un that is the ruthless like killing machine. Yeah, and, he's he's still pining over his um his his old war buddy Zex too. Um so yeah, yeah, it makes me wonder about his his art going forward as well. Like if he'll be cuz I I really don't remember, but if he'll like end up turning or fraction like splintering off or something in the future. Yeah, I, I I was wondering if we should try to go through it in chronological order, but we've already gotten this far just trying to dissect this. Maybe we should keep going. I'm, I'm um, down for that. Yeah, because what, what's... Okay, so you have... You have Nico, which maybe... Is Nico... Would he be more kind of aligned with the uh, cruel un? Because... He even gives her that little pep talk when she says how he comes into the room and she's upset because Trace is disappointed in her. And he says how, um, oh, no, like, don't worry, Lady Un. No, the best thing you can do is just be a soldier and follow orders mm -hmm. for Trace. That would make him happy. And he, he, and that's a theme, too, in there because he, then he later is like, to Troa, like, you're thinking too much. You just need to shut up and follow orders. And he's following Dermail's orders, like, just, you know, get the job done. Yeah, I, th I think Nico would definitely lean more towards um, like the cruel un slash kind of like the Machiavellian type of mindset. But also, I, I feel like he's also kind of his own asshole, kind of like uh, opportunist type uh yes type of right. personality as well um but i think if push came to shove he he would lean more towards the uh yeah kind of like following orders and just like going with whatever roman fowler since they're the at the right. moment the people in charge um you know kind of going with whatever they have to say right and it also is, didn't that seem like that'd be a pretty big deal for him to get orders from dermale himself like up to this point, it yeah. seems like Dermale's only contact has been with Trey's. Like he's like, "Oh, Trey's like, how's the whole military thing going?" Like he he's so high level that he's talking to like his supreme military commander. Oh, and like Tuberov, 
but it doesn't even seem that he would interact with Un even. But now he's talking to Nico like, hey, Colonel Nico, what's up? Are you going to take care of this? That was sort of interesting. Yeah, because Dr. Merrill, he's the head of Robofeller. Have we figured that out? Yeah, I think he's like chairman of the board of Robofeller. Robofeller essentially owns like Oz at this point, right? And yeah, by extension, like everything else, <laughs> almost except for the rebels. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, now that you bring in Duke Dermail and Tuberoff and everyone, <laughs> oh, that's another reason I feel like this episode should have been a highlight, considering they have three old men with goofy voices between Tuberoff, Dermail, and Senior Septum. <laughs> Senior. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Oh my, yeah, this is old man voice. Muppet, Muppet ass voice. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty Muppety. I'll give you that. <laughs> and also, I think he called, let's just talk. What uh, is, is, is Septum's son Winter Septum? Because I'm pretty sure his grandfather called him Gwinter. <laughs> yes, I thought, was, <laughs> I thought I was imagining that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gwinter. I definitely wrote down Winter, and then yeah, I I, I definitely heard Gwinter as well. But then I just I kind of like brushed it off. It's like yeah, it must have my my headphones must have just malfunctioned or something. Editor's note: As you'll hear later in this episode, it is Gwinter. So I guess we're the assholes, huh? Speaking of uh, Gwinter, um, and his, his like introduction to this episode was amazing. Um. We kind of like just yeah. see him with his like hands folded, I think, or kind of in like a. Is it, oh, no, doing yes, yes, his, yes, his hand up to his face, kind of in a very <laughs> pensive uh, look. I, I think at that point, I think we they introduce him as. Gwinter, the son of the former Alliance commander, General Septum. But he hasn't said anything yet. So right. at that moment, just like knowing his last name is Septum, I was just like waiting for that voice. Oh. Like fingers yeah. crossed, just in anticipation, just like. Extremely excited, always be very disappointed that he had a pretty manly, sexy voice. <laughs> Not yeah. what I would expect from a septum. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's a total like uh, total fake out. Like he, you're you're watching like you're like oh boy oh boy this guy's name is Septum, <laughs> and there's some other Alliance guy who's like yelling at him, and you can tell he's like holding his head. <laughs> And you're like, oh, he's he's about to he's about to blow, like he's about to lose his temper and yell at this dude. It's gonna be great. And then the first things out of Gwinter's mouth are a battle will result in many casualties. Dialogue is still an option at this point, considering our military strength. <laughs> it's the biggest letdown of a septum in well ever, <laughs> and all of Gundam Wing. Like, what? <laughs> He's a, the septum. This first quote is like, "We should be trying to have more dialogue." And it <laughs> you had your hopes up for an angry septum. It's all gone. And if <laughs> anything, it wasn't even. We should be having more dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> like at least give us that. Don't like take it all away from us. But yeah. Uh... Maybe. Uh, yeah. It's definitely. Maybe. Maybe. You just kind of come into it with age, and then it and then. It, fades off into a muppet like that is a pretty intense voice maybe you can't maintain it for uh maintain it for long or maybe quinter's sister has it yeah. <laughs> well i, I now Gwinter... i know my private fantasy is. do you think what do you think quinter's sister's name is do you think it's, <laughs> do you think it's... <laughs> I think it's Glummer. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> it's, my wife and I thought it would be very nice to name our children after each of the four seasons. Oh my god, I just like spilled beer all over myself. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna keep it recording one second. I'll be back. All right. Sorry. <laughs> um, we were trying to unpack the central conflict of this episode at, between Un and uh trays yeah <clears throat> the, the, the the septum thing i i kind of i feel like that's pretty clear he pappy septum explained it pretty well mm -hmm. at the end of the episode i mean unless should we go back and just try and do it like chronologically what do you think should we just uh i think it's too late for that 
it's too but late for I think that. We can we can definitely dip in, but I don't think we need to go step by step like we normally do. Yeah. Okay. So remember the guy, the former Alliance guy that set Catra off in the shuttle? Yeah. Yeah. Were they on barge? Like, did barge get captured from them? This is one of the last like strongholds, if not the last stronghold of mm. the old Alliance in space. It's um, they even had a name for it. It is I had it written down. It's D one two zero. Yes, D one two zero command station oh. of the Earth Sphere Alliance. Right. So they're there, and they explain to Zex at one point that the reason they're there is they didn't want to leave. Like it's pretty, it's pretty difficult and fragile and insecure thing to live in space. So they felt that after Oz defeated the Alliance, instead of just running away, they would stay in space and try to help be a stabilizing force. And then when it becomes clear that they might be dying, they're like, oh, I hope our deaths are like educational to the people of space. So they're extremely benign uh, compared to many of the Alliance people we've seen. Yeah, um, <laughs> including a <laughs> their direct possibly, family possibly member. A direct family member to Winter. Yeah. Um, do you think he's? Do you think Gwind, Do you think Septim was like the? How, what do you think Septim's first name was? Anyway, tangent. <laughs> yeah, tangent. But do you think That's... he was kind of like the outcast of the Septims of the Septim families? It was kind of like an embarrassing family member that would come over like during like Thanksgiving dinner like, when the families all getting together and they'd be like, "Oh, there's a crazy Uncle Septim." <laughs> yes, no, Brandon, I think you nailed it because instead of explaining why his father and his son are the odd are the odd ones, he's clearly the odd one. Yes, <laughs> yeah. they're like. Ah, uh, Luann. Uh, thanks for. <laughs> don't, don't you mean? Uh, don't you mean Guan? <laughs> Guan, Guan. This is you've made. You've really outdone yourself with dinner. Uh, of course, I'm glad to see that there's no noventas here at the dinner table, and uh, like everyone else is just shaking their head, like biting their tongue, and like one of the younger septums is like about to be like uncle like and they're like no 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 just don't get him started we get together once a year <laughs> like don't bring politics up don't do not mention noventa and vice foreign minister darlin oh oh yeah that would be uh don't get me started on him i think we saw it last episode zex we saw him kind of getting he goes from like fighting like oz essentially right and uh yeah battling out with them to like surrendering and then not being under control really by Oz or like kind of like captured or quasi captured by them, but pretty much free to free to do whatever he wanted yeah, to do. Right. <laughs> I guess that diplomatic I, immunity maybe. Yeah. It's like if some guy, I don't know, like <laughs> just like showed up off the coast of the United States and like started like in his own like little like battleship and started bombarding naval installations and then he was like oh i surrender and they were like oh um let's go ahead and put on your uniform and we're gonna bring you into we're not gonna throw you in jail we're gonna bring you into like meet um like dignitaries and diplomats and, and, and don't worry don't, don't worry i'm the um i'm the, actually the peace ambassador from sealandia <laughs> so yeah I'm the peace. oh did i mention i'm the peace ambassador from sealandia and I, and I would like to just have complete free reign to uh roam about the united states in my heavily armored um <laughs> with my weapons and just like talk and advise like the different states <laughs> like oh yeah sure go ahead <laughs> so, Though, thanks for showing up <laughs> Though maybe maybe it wasn't exactly total free free reign, considering. Gentlemen, that mobile suit was used against Oz on Earth, so we'll check it for security reasons, sir. Gentlemen, <laughs> so aggressive, like such an aggressive way to just like deliver a message to them. <laughs> the the, the colon, those like colonists are just sort of in there, sort of like chatting amongst themselves, like, "Oh, look at that! This this is massive." It's, it's so no it's so weird it's like he came into space as an enemy combatant blowing up mobile dolls and shooting at them 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is somehow he had a quick voice chat with uh, Atreus to get him off the hook. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it, it's it's definitely a pretty 180. Um, but, right. Ni- yeah, Nico was, like, I guess, so, like, to his credit, he was rightfully pretty suspicious of, <laughs> of uh, Milliard right. as he busted up there. Right. Kind of He's like, where have, I, where have I seen a giant white one-off mobile suit before and furthermore where have i seen a you know, mobile suit pilot who had flowing white hair <laughs> down to his waist <laughs> so it, it sort of reminds me of like the uh um the old joke about superman and clark kent oh yeah <laughs> he has the glasses so no one can recognize him like do people really just not recognize zach sparkies it's like oh who's this guy oh i guess he's just some guy who showed up in the sand kingdom <laughs> Nope, nothing to see here. Don't mind that he's flying around in that mobile suit that looks a lot like the Tolkien's. <laughs> like, does Un, did, what, are they kind well, of, like, doing a little winky-wink, nod-nod when they meet each other face-to-face? Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I, I interpret it as, um, at least on Unside, that as, as she was in her sparkly on mode, um, slash amnesia amnesiatic right amnesiac amnesiac <laughs> amnesia <laughs> amnesia uh <laughs> i guess for whatever reason she doesn't remember sex or <laughs> i don't know i don't yeah it doesn't make any sense yeah that um yeah because i guess they, they certainly have met because that was that was one of our that was one of my few Instagram posts was that meeting of the four of them, Zex and uh Noin meeting uh Trace oh, and, and Un. Un. Yeah. <laughs> and it was definitely cruel on, so Yeah. No, it definitely was. Uh, yeah, because I think yeah, she but... mentions like, Oh yeah, you're the person who's like, Oh yeah, I remember like, his excellency talking about you or something, but Oh, she says that uh Trey's had youthful ties to yes. the Saint King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They mentioned before that Trey's new knows who's ex, what his real name is, and what his heritage is. I anticipate or, nothing will come of that, but that is yeah. interesting. It is an interesting point, though. But yeah, because remember he was like in an earlier episode, he was like, "Or should I say, Miliardo?" And he's like, "Please don't use that." Name. <laughs> <laughs> in that exact voice. <laughs> I wonder if youthful ties just means, oh yeah, he knew somebody from the Sand Kingdom when he was when he was younger. <laughs> Who was Miliardo? Yeah. I would like to think that he did like an exchange year there, like, spent <laughs> yeah. a summer, went to like summer <laughs> camp in the <laughs> Kingdom, and that's where he met Zex. <laughs> Trace in his cape, Zex with his mask. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh god, it's it's kind of funny. I think I realized why we go in chronological order because right now I have like no idea how to transition to anything else. <laughs> I'm like looking at my notes, like. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like after um Zex kind of talks to the winters and or the septums, god damn it. <laughs> septums and uh I think some of the like, the other calling members or whatever. Um don't we see um like Trey's and I think that's when Trey's and Un have kind of their chat and kind of got get into the whole piece about that we were kind of questioning at the very beginning of the episode. Um between yeah. like kind of what they're core conflict really is um right and we also just get another quote i think too it's a fact that people even feel pleasure when they're being controlled by others that also really further is evidence of just trey's just being an asshole <laughs> it just oh, kind of yeah, just like right. self-justification for um can't not mention that yeah <laughs> for like controlling people and like oppressing others and what uh, if I did? I'm gonna ask you, Brendan, just best as you can right now, in a paragraph, like so, like five sentences or whatever, approximately. If you just had to, like, gun to your head, tell me, what is Trey's overall objective, and why is he upset with the way things are going? If I had a gun to my head and I had to mention, I had to say something, I would say his overall objective is essentially the same as Romerfeller's in terms of just subjugation and world takeover. Um, but 
right the means to how he wants to do it he just doesn't like mobile dolls <laughs> and he'd rather do it through sacrificing people i guess um right people should fight he likes people I, fighting i guess it's more honorable or chivalrous or something that's the only difference really i can think of because obviously he still has like gets a hard on for like subjugation and like oppression and everything but just he just doesn't right. seem to like super off and mobile dolls are cut or soulless and you know yeah because it all seems like his goal is they're pretty close to just achieving you would think at the beginning like the outset is like oz trey's trey's definition of victory would be oz takes over the earth and outer space which at this point they're basically on the verge of doing or having done and he's unhappy like is he actually just like he just is he just like someone who like wanted something for so long and now that they got it he's like bored and disappointed maybe yeah because i'm like think like the thing that comes back to me the most is that um one episode where like relina tries to shoot um lady un um and trace is having the big speech at the like in front of all the roma fellow dignitaries and he like drips wine on the person from the balcony or whatever but like his whole <laughs> speech really about like I think it's more about like subjugation, more about people lo loving to be, um, you know, to be controlled or whatever. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean that like just that coming back to me is like it's that, that definitely seems to be his end game and his like, kind of like ultimate motivation. Um, but yeah, right. But Maybe he's just yeah, a little baby. Right. <laughs> he's just a little baby and just doesn't like just doesn't like all the attention the mobile dolls are getting. <laughs> Um, yeah, is it really is it really just the mobile dolls? Because oh man, when when uh, when Tuberov walks into the room with him and Jermail, there is some really serious side eye going on between like <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about when Trey's looks over at Tuberov. Oh yeah, no, definitely. there's no there's no love lost there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it, is it? It kind of almost wish like they could have just said that, like what you said, that it make it made it that simple. Like Trey's is unhappy with the mobile dolls and so he goes on like i'm not happy about the way roma feller is going and then he said he was disappointed in un too like why is he disappointed in her like she's it seems just that... <laughs> oh i, I wish do? i, okay, I so wish what I could... did she, do? She, she made a nation she she got the colonies to like be happy with oz and form a unified nation and jermail is happy with that because that's gonna keep like scare earth and keep everyone in line and be a good mobile suit factory but why is trey's like what would he and, what, what did he want what would he have preferred that undo and maybe maybe that's part of the problem too is just we haven't really seen like i feel like the last time we saw him do something was his last encounter with tuberoff right right when you kind of like busted on the battlefield and Really, the only thing we got from him during that part was, um, like, fuck these dolls. And, like, we, I think we had this discussion before about, like, humans and, like, chain of command and blah, 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 blah. But, like, we haven't really gotten much in terms of his, like, overall motivation. Are you okay? No, just, I'm just saying that, uh, I'm just thinking, uh, the phrase, fuck these dolls, <laughs> taken out of context. <laughs> I'm not going to search that hashtag. <laughs> yes, but you're saying, it, so it boils down to, is the whole thing, all this Gundam speak, as we call it, this really long conversation slash argument between Un and Trey's, and, is Trey's motivation just like, I don't like mobile dolls. And I think and part, I'm having a tantrum about it. Yeah, and I think part, like, I'm, I'm looking at this one quote where it's, Lady, please come back to me. The Lady Un that I used to be so fond of. And I really wish I could sing or something because I'd insert a parody of uh, the Gautier song. <laughs> the, the Lady... So that... <laughs> so that <laughs> makes me... That, that, is a, that needs to be done, yeah. <laughs> but So that makes me think like maybe part of it too is again just going back to Trey's control issues and the fact that Lady Un's doing something that would be in support of Tuberoff, who he obviously has bad blood with. Um, this maybe even at this point less 
of a mobile DAO issue and more of a uns doing something that's like not directly um this is like you know kind of like clashes a little bit with like his overall thoughts about things and that's kind of what he's like freaking out about too every time i, I try to think i maybe i'm like maybe i understand what the conflict is i don't because no no is, i get it though because like after the break too someone talks about Robofeller's plan is to like send mobile dolls to earth like that's like the whole like purpose right. of the factory i think that's where she gets into the whole part about trey's refusing his his mission and and she feels like she failed her mission i guess to support him with his mission whatever the fuck that mission is <laughs> i don't know i guess we're just gonna have to let it go i'm hoping that maybe some of our listeners maybe someone um be awesome if someone there's just like a few key words here or slight lost in translation moments with the dubbing or something that you know if someone who spoke japanese was like oh you know here's what they were saying and could explain it like oh okay you know what i mean like i feel like we're potentially like that close to like a oh like one of those moments where like that's why trace is upset <laughs> Yeah, it, it would be very interesting. Um, but at this point, I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I, I just beat this topic to death. What I and, do, under, what I do I, understand is, uh, I do understand the septum septum duo slash um, <clears throat> septum duo slash Milliardo's overall thoughts, though. Like they're at least like that whole plot lines loose a bit more, um, bit more coherent. Yeah. I like that, and he. Um, There's a lot of insecurity. Was... I don't know. I don't know if you caught that. The amount of insecurity Oof. there is. There's insecurity. Yes, unless you can completely ignore insecurity, you'll have a lot of difficulties living here. And the insecure people feel the need for weapons, because weapons can provide people with a sense of security. Then, at what point can one get rid of that sense of insecurity? <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. Uh, also, with that screenshot of. Trey, uh, Trey's not Trey's, uh, Zex standing next to Gwinter. Is Gwinter just a huge he, dude? Yes, or is yes, Zex small. Shit. Yeah, I, I made a note that made a note of that as well. Um, I, is he I just choose, like a massive dude, or I choose is, to is believe, I choose to believe that Gwinter is just a fucking hulking man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I choose yeah. to think about Gwinter. <laughs> I, pre- I, I prefer man. that too because. <laughs> I like to think that um, that yeah, Zex is maybe normal-ish sized. Then again, maybe he's only seventeen, <laughs> so he's a little small. But yeah, that dude is huge, and but, he's got that big white sash. He but looks also, pretty, he looks, yeah. he's pretty dashing. I gotta say, and Look, also because I just, good. I just really like to picture a much smaller, skinnier General Septum <laughs> next to his son Quinter, <laughs> who's like you know. A good like head taller than him. <laughs> but Dad, please, you've got to learn to control your temper. Remember, the doctor said you're going to keep taking your blood pressure medicine. What? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, speaking of flashbacks, mm-hmm. how did you get a not even a mention? Like that's like we had to let the narrator tell us. Like this is if the narrator didn't mention, I don't think anyone in the episode as dialogue says the word septum i don't think they do like he so. calls him grandfather he calls him Gwinter, <laughs> but no one actually <laughs> calls someone septum in the episode it's just maybe what if the narrator was just fucking with us it's like here's like a son <laughs> here's a guy and his grandfather and uh you know what that they're related to septum like <laughs> maybe the u.s dub writers just were like eh, let's just throw that in there for the heck of it <laughs> they're actually related to um this other uh this other individual that was in the hot springs episode that they had to cut out of the u.s version so they just said you know they should be dumped it as a oh yeah i'm sure they have black hair it's close enough right or it's just if there's it it means nothing plot wise right it's not like they say they're completely different characters from septum so there's no connection there they don't say there's no plot device connecting like there's no moment where Winter is like uh, forgives Lady Un, even though she's the one who shot his dad in the head. 
anything, any little, <laughs> any little connection would have been interesting. Yeah. But as it is, they could have just been like related to anyone. Like the narrator could have said, uh, this is the son and father of that asshole Alliance commander who like blew up Sally Poe's rebels in China, <laughs> in Asia. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. fine. It makes, it makes zero impact on the plot, I guess. Yeah. I, um, I had a little side note thing. Um, oh, oh, side note. <laughs> yeah, yeah has, get ready. Hasn't this whole episode been a side note? <laughs> on the the Oz insignia, didn't we th- think that it was an, a lion at one point? I could have sworn we said lion. On Nicole's hat, it looks like a little like wizard. It reminds me of <laughs> a little um wizard from the original Final Fantasies, like the old, oh, old Final like the Black Mage or the White yeah. Mage. Yeah, right, right. The hat, yeah. Okay, so I tried to paste the image into the uh, chat window, and that obviously did not work. What did you What did you Google search? So just yeah, so just Google search. Um, go to Google and search Gundam Wing Oz symbol. Yeah, I should have just told you to search that yourself. I don't know why I was like, oh, I'm gonna paste it. Oh, I was so proud of finding it myself. Fucking, Look at that. It is a goddamn wizard thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lion is there too. What the heck is, is that? The, wait, where's the lion? Oh, the lion. Yeah, the lion organization is Zodiac, Oz. And then fucking clown-ass <laughs> motherfucker with like a dunce cap on. What is this? What is that? What is it, Brandon? Look at him. This is a little dude. I mean, that's like clearly more detailed than... Is he wearing like a... Like a big turtleneck or something cover his mouth like a A scarf or something yeah (laughs) all right so oz's order of the zodiac which makes sense for like cancer and aries and leo and all that shit right right (laughs) wait so so with that that said (laughs) that being said yes continue (laughs) uh yeah which of which which zodiac symbol is a little wizard dude (laughs) Uh, listen, listeners, you have to let us know because we'll we'll paste this to the Instagram. But can I ask my wife's opinion? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> We're just gonna with no context. Uh, um, what do you think of this little dude? He looks like um something familiar, like a little jester or clown. That's kind of what I, what I said. We said jester or clown, right? What about like a like a classic like trading card like uh, not trading card like playing card image like you know like jack of spades or king maybe of clubs kind of is like it, is it like, like a tarot like card 1960s maybe sixties style one or something actually it's kind of disturbing the more you look at it <laughs> hey, are uh, you thinking about buying this junior <laughs> t shirt <laughs> oh there's a t shirt I'm not sure it comes in adult sizes boys. <laughs> Don't make fun of us. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go back to doing my own thing. So <laughs> here's Warren. Well, I guess we can choose how much of this you just want to want to cut out. I feel like, that, what... I feel like that's the theme of this episode. All right. Well, All right. So where, where the fuck are we? What, what's no happening? Way. What is going on? Um, well, um, speaking of the dude who's wearing that hat, uh Eagle, yeah, he, he's been around for a while. I feel like we've been talking about him for like five episodes now. You, I think uh, you, actually, you hinted at his. I think you remembered what happened to him like a couple episodes ago when we chatted about it. Because um, I remember you saying like, "Oh, just wait, like just wait to see what happens to to Nico, good old Nico." Yes. Yeah, so for some reason, I can't remember anything else about this episode, but I remember from like when I saw it the first time in high school. I remember that scene of Un putting on the glasses and pointing the gun at him and even saying that little quote about like the actions you took were right on the mark but then again what i'm about to do is also on the mark i definitely remember that quote too i think because of the awkwardness of it right (laughs) but yeah you know when they got to that quote i was like oh shit yeah i definitely remember this weird ass quote (laughs) i don't think i remembered who it was in context too but right um yeah, the whole scene, it came back. But that's kind of skipping ahead. Not that we've been not skipping ahead this episode. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, maybe for the sake of sake of time and coherency. Um, right. 
we could just like pick it up at um pick it up kind of like after the a little bit after the break um right when the attack on yeah exactly the, yeah when the yeah. attack actually starts right um right so it's kind of funny because so at this point zex i guess it kind of he kind of hints at it earlier in the episode but when we were kind of joking about it, how zex essentially goes out to battle um this incoming oz force right this trying mm-hmm. to attack um this right d was it d one two zero or whatever the hell yes um, right and the, kind of the last stronghold of the alliance and <laughs> i switch between two masks my experience in battle has taught me to be cunning like that so that they're attacking they're attacking the colony you got dermale has given nicole some orders gone right to nicole around mm-hmm. Ellen and presumably trey's like get this done nico do whatever means necessary kind of thing to blow the thing up and doesn't he say something about zex too? like keep a close eye on him or like maybe it'd be convenient if he gets killed too um anyway nico is yeah nico is ready to just do whatever he needs to do un is motivated by her dispute with something trays to go out personally into battle and be a soldier for trays because that's and what flies out there because that's what because master trays he desires that huh <laughs> right and uh with and with uh, and with un is not present on barge uh nico pretty much like uh seizes that opportunity pretty quick to yeah act on his feelings against troa and do whatever the heck he wants does this kind of like this makes me wonder too about I'm kind of surprised with Wu Fei, but not really too surprised with Duo in terms of like their piloting capabilities. <laughs> or maybe it's just their who knows, maybe it's their their Gundam's capabilities. But like Zex seems to have no issue kind of holding his own against the dolls. Um, right. Neither really. Neither did like uh, was it Hero who seemed to be pretty capable against them. Well, he hasn't really fought them yet because he left his mobile suit behind, and he he did trick them into blowing up. Yeah, the but, others like them like blowing up the Oz troops directly, which is pretty much just duo who's been just was just looks <laughs> looks so bad like he wasn't even able to take out one of them. Yeah, and he got completely owned. And then I think I think Wu Fei kind of got like he didn't do that much. Bad. Yeah, he didn't do that much better. He, he might, didn't do much better. Yeah, but I don't think anyone else has really fought them because no, because Patra was just floating along and yeah, yeah, Tro left his no. suit on Earth. So did. I mean, for crying out loud, even in this episode, poor duo, even uh, even one of the space Leos manages to kill a mobile doll. I mean, it's it's a very brief victory, but um, I always love I always yeah. love scenes like this in the show when it's like one just some random low level soldier throwaway character manages to like land a hit on a vastly superior enemy. It's always it's always fun. It's always a kind of typical like rooting for the underdog kind of thing. I did it! All right! <laughs> what? And it's immediately just like, gets like a flying elbow in the face. <laughs> That's why I had elbow explosion, quote, in bold. Okay. That's why you had I was trying to figure out what that was. Yeah. <laughs> right in the face. <laughs> so as like Zex is kind of holding his own against the dolls and, um, you know, really kind of working to working on behalf of the alliance pretty much mm-hmm. um right and and uns on the opposing side kind of still in her sparkly mode right um right that's when when trey Tra- skypes in uh zex as he's <laughs> as he's fighting and goes into the weird creepy problematic conversation about about uns split personality being a result of essentially her like right obsession with him and kind of like asks uh zex like as a friend to like try to save save lady on since she right. i guess in her sparkling mode in addition to not remembering who zex is also forgets how to be a capable capable pilot i guess right yeah just counting on him to go save her um yeah you know it's like that was a little awkward when uh zex was like oh should i be hearing this when trey's is like her feelings towards me have caused her to uh, uh, be insecure and uh, 
she's flying a mobile suit currently towards the car. It's like, oh, um, uh, well, I don't, I don't, I don't really need to hear this, Trace. I mean, that's okay. Like, you don't need to tell me the whole thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll just go get the. I don't need to really. I really don't need to hear all about it, your relationship. It would be. I'll just go get her out of there. I really wish he was uh, in a bath with roses in it while he was having that conversation with Zex. Like sniffing a rose. He's like, mm, you see. Uh, Zex, uh, uh, her feelings towards me have caused her to, um, and then he's like, uh, hang on a moment. And like, while in the tub, like raises up his old fashioned musket, like blasts some pheasant out the window. Um, I'm sorry, uh, where was I? Uh, yes, uh, her feelings towards me have caused her to feel insecure and uh, have split. Oh, just, just hang on a moment. I need to, uh, I need to adjust like, my cape a little bit as it's like Bill. Yeah, just like, but you know that the next time uh, Zex and Noin have a phone conversation and Noin's like, oh, so what are you up to, Zex? Like, um, oh, you're in space now? That's cool. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm up in space. I'm doing the whole like peace ambassador thing. And he's going to be like, oh, man, I have got some good gossip for you about Trey's and Un. You want to hear some fucked up <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess, I don't, do you think it would have made a difference if instead of calling Zex during this whole moment, if Trey's called Space Fortress Barge instead, it was like, hey, maybe don't shoot this giant beam cannon at the colony. <laughs> or do you think <laughs> do you think he was a guy? Because I, I assume he would have been against it. Maybe. I, I, would, right? I would think so. Um, I mean, but then again, you, He's also you always want to so like... <laughs> you always kind of want Trey's to be a good character. But he, we have to go back. Like, I feel like I made up my mind in some episode, went on a yeah. rant like 15 episodes ago, <laughs> where like, no, I'm done with Trace. He's an asshole. Like, he ordered the assassination, really like backhanded, creepy trickster assassination of Noventa. He wanted Un to kill Relina, just straight up kill Relina, yeah. right? Um, yeah, who knows what he would have so thought I feel about? Like, he, like, oh, I feel like he was against. I feel like he was, he would have been against Barge blowing up the colony, just because we didn't, just because we didn't hear some sort of monologue ahead of time <laughs> on why it would have been the right thing to do. Right. I feel like we well, would and have we did some monologue from him. Yes, that's right. And we would, it would have been established. It's kind of, it's sort of established that he scolded Un for threatening the colonies way back when remember yeah yeah it would be very graceful to uh be more graceful colony with a space fortress barge cannon <laughs> oh my god also, i'm just I gonna go was... back into trying to understand his motivations i can't do it i can't do it anymore <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, so luckily though luckily though uh i feel like there's definitely been a, there's definitely another comment another emerging theme throughout this series is karate chops to the back of a neck or assumed karate chops to the back of a neck <laughs> because right. luckily last second so zex swoops in and saves un from like charging in but um right. sen essentially barge is about per like nico's orders barge is about to blow up the fucking colony um but pulls up in the last second and is able to just i guess completely miss it and who knows what it hits <laughs> who knows what's back there in space it back there in space <laughs> some like space whales like just like peacefully space sharks just peacefully swimming through the right space I mean, couldn't that black could that blast of energy feasibly just be traveling i so i'm going on a tangent i don't care i'm going on a tangent here brennan i always kind of my, in my own mind at times when i didn't have anything better to do i would uh think about like in space like they're wait they're like barge needs to be in position to shoot the the big like beam blast but couldn't you just like lasers and beam weapons couldn't you just theoretically shoot them from extremely far away in space literally a million miles away like what would be the difference like that like you said that blast just keeps going why not just like snipe other I guess, I guess stuff that, from like really far away i guess that would be the only difference would be trying to pinpoint an object you know a million miles right. away right but yeah i mean the whole conservation of energy whatever newton's laws or something <laughs> like i assume the 
blast would still be wouldn't like dissipate or anything in the vacuum of space. But right, because that's the whole thing. Like, because they, don't they say that like laser? The idea of like a laser or a laser weapon is like in the atmosphere. It would it would eventually because of all the. <laughs> I'm such a scientist because here. Of atmosphere. <laughs> All the, all that stuff, like the particles <laughs> and the things and the atmosphere of the atmosphere, wouldn't it like slowly like deteriorate or dissipate? But in space, it's a vacuum of space. It could just go forever. I assume so. I mean, I assume that's why we can see stars to a certain extent. Right. Like, because of <laughs> space. What, what if... <laughs> the, the, the star star lasers make their way <laughs> to Earth. Some of those, some of those things you look up at night and think our stars are actually just like beam blasts that haven't quite hit us yet <laughs> from from space battles that took place like millions of years ago. <laughs> just one day, just whap. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Thanks for that, Troa. I'm glad you missed that. That beam hurling off into space like wiped out some yet undiscovered like sentient race on a planet somewhere <laughs> that is oh shit that is a good question yeah God, what happens to all this like i mean you always like hear about like space debris and like the like the you know extreme like consequences of like you know random shit in space that could like you know hit astronauts or hit like space shuttles or whatever and like really fuck them up like, right. Imagine all those like missed lasers and like bullets and everything from all those battles. <laughs> oh yeah, I, right. I mean, because don't they say that just? I mean, talking in real life now, how much like space trash there is is a real problem. Yeah. Just the debris from only the past what sixty or seventy years tops yeah, of like being able... at like hundreds and hundreds of miles an hour. <laughs> right, right. Space. And. And flying or orbiting the earth yeah yeah like can you imagine how much crap would be up there in this like gundam universe oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> little bits of little bits of death sight they're still just <laughs> orbiting for eternity yeah consider that got yeah consider that got like blown up like that would be like propelled at like very high velocities and <laughs> Uh, yeah so so we're going there brennan not only in this episode this <laughs> two hour plus episode did we have this long discussion about trey's motives <laughs> we're gonna start applying physics to gundam wing <laughs> because now is the time I mean, to uh start pulling that thread <laughs> i mean they do mention lagrange points which are a real thing which is pretty cool which i respect <laughs> I, I, I second that respect <laughs> So in that case, it probably would be pretty easy to target a colony then, if it's in a you know specific. You probably could target it from like a million miles away because you right, pretty much like, know Dude. where it has to be positioned in order to stay within um, that like orbit of Earth or whatever, like the right. same rotation. Yeah, just just like boop, just shoot a laser at it from way the yeah, just calculate fuck distance, away. calculate rotation or whatever, and yeah. Yep. You got yeah. Factor in some variables. It may be hitting some space debris and uh, hitting some death sites <laughs> remains and getting knocked off course a little bit. But right. <laughs> 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 just every time, like every time, due to his deep spiritual bond with death sites, like every time. <laughs> some little bit of debris gets like further deteriorated or like crunched or recycled <laughs> duo I, could just feel it he's like no I, I really wish as well when thinking about that if uh like after after that scene or maybe concurrent to that scene we got like a cut back to like howard kind of like look up in the space cop feeling the disturbance <laughs> and, like, commenting on it his sunglasses on his cup of joe he's <laughs> like whoa He's like, uh, Tommy, hold my coffee for a minute. <laughs> I just felt something. I felt, I felt as though one voice suddenly cried out. <laughs> it was that silence. <laughs> All right, I need to, I need to comment on this. This is way back from the beginning of the episode. But I'd be very upset if I didn't mention this. <laughs> Did you get a kick out of uh, um, the talkies riding that other? mobile suit or shuttle like a fucking <laughs> yeah. like a fucking giant manta ray <laughs> well done Brendan. well done 
I, I considered putting that in my notes and I'm like, nah, I really don't need to bother Brendan with this like tediously mentioning to him. They're like, oh, did you see the part when Tolgis rode on the sled? <laughs> but little did I, I should have known you would, you would do the job for me. Thank you, Brendan. Oh God. Yes, I, I absolutely noticed. This is like, like riding in like a little kid on like one of those plastic sleds. I love that. So, Whew. so Troa pulls out. <laughs> you're done, Brenda. You're done. It's over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and he hits the button, like fires some rockets, and twists the barge so the shot misses. Well, it has like a button to like. You just yeah, hit a right button, and it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just a big old button that's just like press this press this big button if someone's about to fire the barge cannon but you want to throw off the shot how many people do you think like killed too like it was just like like it had to have like moved like a good like you know good good amount of degrees i assume some people like fell over and like like hurt themselves or like you know someone some in the me- hospital bay like it's like fucking like or some mechanics who are like, you know, floating across one of those giant open hangers <laughs> that go work on them. Almost they're like, flying <laughs> across, like so, smashing into the wall on the other side. No, I guess better than obliterating an entire colony. <laughs> yeah. In yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so he um, saves a day. Um, Un gets back. He's, she's like, take, take me back to... I guess she goes. She goes back into cruel on state mode while like oh, yeah. while Zex is like holding her mobile suit. Um, uh, I think I think you were talking about this clip, uh, Brendan. Take me to the fortress barge now. <laughs> oh, someone's in trouble. <laughs> I forgot you said that. Oh my god. Yeah, I yeah she is. Yeah, uh, when you see, there's something about that when you see that side profile <laughs> of her illuminated by the screen or whatever, and she has that look in her eye. It, it, it's it's it. You're like, oh man, this it's not looking good. <laughs> Someone's yeah. she's pissed at somebody. Nico, I guess gets his comeuppance. Maybe I'm like, I still don't remember if that's the last we see of him. I assume so. It seems like a pretty definitive end. I can't see him like breaking out of the brig or. Who knows? Maybe Lady Un assassinates him off screen, which wouldn't be too out of uh, <laughs> out of the ordinary for her. Um, right. But um, then Definitely. the narrator kicked in again. I think right at that point for some reason. It is a narrator or someone telling you about like you know the 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 you know the moon, moon base is going to yeah. use <laughs> an identified object headed this way. What? I guess that's the bone they throw to us with the septum tease. <laughs> At least yes, we get yeah. some, some good other, some good tuber off action. Yeah. Vocal action. We got two rov. We got two rov. Or as he's called, Mr. Chief Engineer. Mr. Chief Engineer. He, probably, he could do a little mashup there of like all three or four times in the course of like 30 seconds. Bufe <laughs> calls him that. Huh. I guess we'll see what you're made of, Mr. Chief Engineer. My question to you. So Wufe shows up looking all scrappy and, uh, can't really do much gets just shot around why doesn't he self-destruct certainly seems a type brendan not that it really makes sense in any case but in this case it makes sense that he wouldn't do it i guess because so before he specifically had the mission to assassinate or whatever the chief engineer and Mm -hmm. i think he headed over there kind of like knowing that actually no it doesn't make sense because the self-destruct would theoretically take out that shuttle or we see a shuttle or see on a who's on a shuttle um yeah. on his way to the base to the moon base mm-hmm. or whatever um yeah no i don't know i don't know why i guess yeah the only thing i can think of is it just seems like it would be more fitting with his character to be yeah. like he has so much pride in all this like weak and strong people and i mean every other pilot has tried it at at some point and is in i think we even talked about this before like it seems like wufei would have been an obvious choice to like to do it but 
maybe not maybe maybe it does kind of make sense with his character that he's like no i'm not just gonna like kill myself i'm gonna keep on fighting yeah and he does and i guess it makes a little bit sense because he does he does obviously have ulterior motives about like oh i heard heard they have a factory and thinking like they'll they'll make him and his mobile suit stronger or whatever so it's not not exactly like he's like just surrendering really right so i guess it kind of makes a little sense but he's right but i can guarantee that oh go ahead i was just gonna say he definitely had like probably the most like cheese ball dialogue in this episode (laughs) that's an easy mission for wufei (laughs) a lot of third person talk and uh um yeah it's just kind of corny a little bit yeah but i mean but is i think we could agree that if hero or duo were in this exact same situation i mean hero no question would be trying to self-detonate he might not have put himself in that situation in the first place but if he was he would have absolutely been hitting that self d switch <laughs> hard no <I> don't <laughs> <Hard>. <laughs> he would definitely oh man i think that no. <clears throat> i think that takes us to the end um, just a quick update on my bets. Um, we have still not seen Relina, which means in this not really season that we're current recording, but this these episodes, this batch of episodes we've recorded basically since coronavirus um, started or whatever it was, March or whenever we kind of got back into it. I think we've done like a good stretch here of like five episodes, maybe. Yeah. Five episodes, no Relina. Quick update on my bet. I thought for sure she was going to show up in 21. This is now episode 22. There's no Relina. I, I bet that Noin, not many Noin, would show up in 21 or 22. Now lost that bet. Uh, just for the record. I'm sure I lost it too, though. My, my two remaining bets are that Catherine would show up in episode 24. Mm. Who knows? That's only two episodes away now. And that Pagan will show up with Relina when she does show up which how much longer can it go we've now you're telling me this next episode is apparently going to be duo centered we may go even longer without seeing relina i don't know to be determined maybe maybe next episode yeah who's to say all right you want to you want to roll us out friends it's that time again to wrap up and say goodbye uh we've so glad you joined us for this episode of alex and mueller's fundam winkcast as always, you know we'd be happy to hear from you. And you can reach us at fundamwingcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at fundamwingcast. Drop us a line. You can find us on uh, iTunes and Spotify. And apparently a bunch of other things, too, that I don't know about. And other things. That's pretty cool. Whatever those things are, uh, give us a give us a five-star rating <laughs> if it's out of five <laughs> in whatever those things are please five uh, out of ten got it five out of ten um yeah and uh, yeah definitely drop us a line and let us know what you think if you know what happened with zex and un please contact me um and that brings us to or, the end or, or if you know what that little wizard wizard clown yes Oz symbol is and what he has to do with zodiac signs yeah um, my, my vote's uh taurus so i guess it's about it brennan was as always good talking with you and we will see you next time on episode 23 duo Duo, the god of death once again (laughs) once again all right see you next time peace that's enough mueller You should try doing a podcast with him. I can't even imagine. I try to avoid anywhere near him. He's so loud. He never stops.